Welcome to the Insomnia Coach Podcast. My name is Martin Reed. I believe that nobody needs to live with chronic insomnia and that cognitive behavioral therapy for insomnia, CBTI techniques, can help you enjoy better sleep for the rest of your life. Rose started struggling with sleep at the age of just 12 years old. One bad night of sleep triggered a vicious cycle of ever-increasing sleep-related worry and anxiety and ever-worsening sleep. At the age of 18, the added stress of exams led to panic attacks and as little as two to three hours of fragmented sleep each night. In this episode, Rose shares how she addressed her sleep issues so that she now feels far more energetic during the day, sees sleep in a far more positive light, and actually looks forward to sleep at night. Since recording this podcast episode, I'm happy to report that Rose did great in her A-level exams, earning two A's and a B, and this means she formally received a job offer at the company she wanted to work for. A full transcript of this podcast and an accompanying video can be found at insomniacoach.com forward slash podcast. All right, so thanks for being with us today, Rose. Thank you very much for having me. Um, So can you tell us a little bit about when you started to find that sleep was becoming a problem for you? Yeah, so I would pinpoint it back to about July 2013 when I was around 12 um, up until then, I absolutely love residential sleepovers, all that kind of stuff. So I was away, family, friends. And on the second last night, I just couldn't fall asleep for whatever reason. But it sort of manifested itself into this anxiety that when I went to bed, I would never be able to fall asleep. And it's something that I've dealt with every single day up until about May of this year. Um, when I would go to bed, I would just get so frustrated. I would be tossing and turning. I just would never be able to fully relax. Um, and then my exams hit my A-level exams, which are for uni, and the stress just made everything explode in May, and I was having panic attacks, I couldn't eat, it was just awful, and I was getting like two to three hours of sleep a night, which were really light sleep, and they were disturbed and interrupted, and yeah, I had just tried to like put it into a box and just not really deal with it, and I think that sort of came back to bite me this year when everything sort of met head on. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned that you like had some a lot of worries going on like when, when you got into bed were they specifically like sleep related worries like right from the start or was it yeah. something else going on in your life that kept you awake and then it kind of turned into sleep related worries? Yeah I think that when I got into bed I just overthought the entire sleep process and that sparked that anxiety and then because my adrenaline would start to run then I'd be like oh my word now I'm so much more awake I'm never going to be able to fall asleep and it just turned into this complete vicious cycle and I had the wrong mentality of I refused to get out of bed if I felt like that even though because I had so much adrenaline I was buzzing I was banging off the walls I refused to get out of bed and I just had to stay there because I was like if I get up out of bed I'm going to wake up even more and I'm not going to be staying in the place where I will fall asleep and it just I think that first of all the fact I'm never going to be able to fall asleep then because I was never able to relax and then the thoughts of what was going to happen the next day if I didn't get a good night's sleep was I not going to be able to concentrate in school if I had an exam was the exam going to go badly and then that just sort of piled in on top of itself and just made everything 10 times worse. 
Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's really common the way you've just described, like how it just can, it just progresses, right? You do, yeah. It just starts with this one night um, and then you start to worry about it. And the more you worry, it kind of triggers this vicious exactly. cycle where your sleep responds to the worry by getting worse. And obviously that just makes you worry even more. So it can just yeah. seem like a really desperate situation. Like, do you identify with that? Yeah, a hundred percent. Like it came to the point where when I was waking up, it sleep was the only thing that I thought about the entire day. Like I literally could not catch a break from it. It would be, is tonight going to be as bad? Am I going to have this anxiety throughout the day? Am I going to have a panic attack? Am I not going to be able to concentrate? It was just every waking moment was like, how bad is it going to be tonight? Basically, which obviously when it came to actually trying to go to sleep, because I had just been thinking about it and worrying about it all day, it was just, it was never going to go well because it had just become this massive big monster in my head. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of people are going to identify with, with, with that, you know, and for people that have never experienced insomnia, they don't recognize that it's really like this 24 hour thing. You know, yeah. it's not just something that affects you at night. It affects you all during the day as well, you know, because you're thinking about sleep, you're maybe researching about sleep yeah. and you just spend all your time just thinking about what the next night is going to be or yeah, exactly. how, how your day is maybe suffering because you had a bad night of sleep. Yeah. So, so you recognized that sleep was becoming a problem for you. Like what, what kind of things did you, did you try to, to help improve your sleep? Literally everything. I just typed in like how to fall asleep quickly into Google and literally anything it said, I just did it. So like, what well, like breathing exercises, having a hot shower before you went to bed, no phone, no coffee from a certain time, like literally anything. My life at one point was so restrictive because I was like, oh my word, if I do this, like maybe I'll not get to sleep tonight. Everything was just like down to a T, like you're not having coffee after four o'clock, like da 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 da. So like there were so many rules, so many regulations, but it was really frustrating because none of them ever really seemed to work. It was just because at the end of the day, it was me, like it was my mentality. It was my brain and having coffee at half six wasn't really going to change my, my way of thinking, even if it was adrenaline based or anything like that. And I think to have to research all of that for it not to work kind of made it 10 times worse again because I was so frustrated I was like am I incurable like am I just gonna have to deal with this for the mm -hmm. rest of my life when none of them actually turned out to work yeah you know I was gonna ask you that like how it felt when you tried all these things and they weren't working yeah. um this is this is the problem with I mean that the thing about like coffee and like the things that you just described, they're like, all to do with sleep hygiene. Right. And that's yeah. always like the first advice that people with insomnia are given. But the problem with sleep hygiene is it's really kind of, it's more to do with prevention. Um, yeah. just like dental hygiene is, you know, like where you brush your teeth so you don't get a cavity, but if you develop a cavity, it does, you can brush your teeth all 24 hours a day. It's not going to yeah. help. Right. But the problem, real problem that I think with sleep hygiene for people with insomnia is when they try the sleep hygiene techniques, they don't work, which is to be expected, but people with insomnia don't know that. So they try them and then they don't work. And then they worry even more, just like you said, they worry like, oh, yeah. I'm incurable. And it can just descend into even more worry and even more disrupted sleep. So I think that sleep hygiene is probably, probably does more harm to people with insomnia than it does yeah. good. So you mentioned you tried the sleep hygiene. That didn't work. Um, yeah. Was there any, anything else that you tried before you discovered cognitive behavioral therapy for insomnia techniques? 
I think I have uh, an Apple Watch. I know it seems a bit off topic, but it tells you about active calories burned. And I had read this article that was like, if you burn a certain amount of excess calories a day, your body's going to need to recover in some sort of way. And that recovery is going to be through sleep. So every day I'd be looking down at my Apple Watch being like, oh, have I burned this amount of calories? Because that means I'm going to get a good night of sleep tonight, which obviously like it doesn't work like that. But then I came fixated. It's like 500 calories and I became fixated. So sometimes like I was even, if I was exhausted after a day of school I was going to the gym because I was like this is the only way that I'm going to fall asleep and it like again just didn't work which just became frustrating because I was exhausted but then I was so anxiety ridden that I wasn't able to sleep and again just vicious cycle again and again yeah you know like you you kind of uh, threw me off a little bit there because when you mentioned your apple watch i thought you were going to talk about like the whole sleep tracking capabilities <laughs> that, that's, a, that's a whole nother rabbit hole that can obviously lead to worry because people just obsess over those numbers but yeah you made a great point because I actually talk to a lot of people with insomnia and they tell me, oh, I try exercising really furiously in order to make myself sleepy at night. Um, and exercise is great and it actually does help us sleep, but not when we, it doesn't create sleepiness. You no. know, exercise can create fatigue, which yeah. can actually be another problem because we can mistake fatigue for sleepiness and therefore go to bed before we're actually sleepy. So yeah. again, completely normal that we're not going to sleep, but then we worry because we're expecting to sleep because we burnt all these calories and had this furious yeah. workout, you know? So that that's a great insight. Um, I think a lot of people are going to identify with, with that. So thank, thanks for sharing that one. That's really good. Um, so, all right. So moving on. So then you discovered cognitive behavioral therapy for insomnia techniques. Like how did you, had you heard about CBTI before you found my website or? I had been doing just normal CBT sessions. I think I'd done one or two before their mum then found your website and signed me up for the sleep training. So I had had, I think I talked to her about sleep, but really the only thing they told me about was just breathing exercises. And she actually told me before I went to bed to say like brain go to sleep when I was in bed, which sort of like seems a bit silly, but like I was literally grabbing onto anything. So I guess the breathing exercises were okay because they calmed me down and sort of kind of relaxed me because that was all I was focusing on I wasn't falling down the rabbit hole of these really anxious thoughts but when I found when mum found your sleep training website and signed me up for that that is sort of the point that I was like there was a pivot there there was a change and the sleep training was just it was incredible it really really has changed the way I think about sleep mm -hmm. that's awesome so so CBTI is kind of like this this collection of techniques so um, they're they're all a designed to address what are really like the three contributing factors to insomnia, which is like there's a sleep drive disruption, um, which is like we might go to bed before we're sleepy, you know, mistaking fatigue for sleepiness um, or stay in bed too late in the morning and not give ourselves enough time to get sleepy before we go back to bed or napping during the day. And um, then we have the, so we can have circadian rhythm disruption, which is like we're disrupting our body clock. Uh, maybe we get out of bed at a different time every day. We try and conserve energy. We're kind of not very active during the day. And then there's the big one, which is like the arousal system, you know, like our anxiety. We can have high levels of anxiety. And CBT is this collection of techniques that addresses all three of them. So some people might identify with one of them or two of them or three, but it doesn't matter. And CBTI is just so effective because it tackles all three of them. So when you were going through and implementing CBTI techniques, did you recognize that maybe it was 
more of a sleep drive issue for you or like a body clock issue or anxiety or maybe all three? It was definitely more the sort of arousal system um, because my body clock, I was going to bed at like half 10. I was getting up at around eight each day. So that was very standard and sleep drive. I was doing a lot of activity. I was walking around school all day. So that was building. But the arousal system definitely like I could have been sitting downstairs absolutely exhausted. But on that walk up the stairs into my bedroom, my anxiety would just spike because I'd be like, oh no, like right now I'm going to have to go into bed, which was just this awful task. And it would just mean that I would be like, all of a sudden so much adrenaline, I could have gone and run a marathon. Like I was not then ready to go to bed because Mm -hmm. I had just, my anxiety had just spiked. So it was definitely the arousal system, yeah. Oh yeah, you know, that is so, so common. So many people will say they can, another example, this is a similar thing is they'll say, I'm really sleepy at like eight o'clock at night, like really sleepy, like I'm drifting off to sleep. But as I try and fight through it to build up this sleep drive, um, to get to the start of my sleep window. But then I kind of miss that window of sleepiness and I'm not sleepy anymore, you know? And, and that's like this conditioned arousal because you've experienced negative, you've just had a negative experience so many times over and over and over when you get into bed, your brain has kind of learned that the bed is yeah. this horrible place to be. So as soon as you think about bed or start walking to bed, your brain's like enters this fight or flight mode, you know, because it thinks there's a danger there it has to protect you from. Um, And so obviously we're going to struggle to fall asleep when that's the case. So how do you think that you managed to overcome that? I think probably mainly through your sleep training because I'm quite a logical person. I like like facts and everything. And because there was there was so much information on like how sleep actually works, like sleep drive and stuff, like you said, it just allowed me like you can't argue with the facts. So because I had developed that understanding and I now had that information, I was able to just sort of. And now I've just lost my train of thought. What was I going to say, Rose? What was I? sleep drive understanding because I had that understanding because I had that knowledge I felt more confident Mm. that I was like okay I gained that trust back that I was like okay well if I'm not tired right now my body knows what's best and if I'm not tired then fine like let's go read a book let's do something exciting like I wouldn't I understood that my body knows when to send me to bed when to make me sleepy it's in control and I think that that was something I had lost that confidence that I could be like my that trust in my body that it'll make me sleepy it'll send me to sleep when it Mm -hmm. needs me to go I had been bombarding myself with all of these irrational thoughts that I'm never going to get to sleep tonight and this night's going to be the worst night and everything and I would just fall down that loophole but through the sleep training I was able to combat those with rational thoughts so not like for example I've kind of not had a setback but at the beginning of this week I've just my results day is coming up there's a lot of stress and that affects me through this sleep anxiety that's how it all comes out and I also have just been a wee bit worried about it more than usual but I found myself lying in bed and just had this wave of anxiety go, and I began to freak out because I was like, am I back to set one? Has mm. all of this work over the past couple of months, has that just vanished? But then I was able to say, well, look, I've slept every single night of my life, regardless of whether it's been two or 12 hours, I've fallen asleep at some stage. And that was massive to be able to use the stuff that I learned from day 10. That's why I know what day it is because I always refer back to that email day 10 
to be able to combat that with rational thoughts and to be able to be like my own medicine in a way not to have to rely on sleeping pills or teas or whatever that I'm the one who can sit there and be like no like that's so irrational we can just chill like calm down we can go and get a glass of water we don't have to force ourselves to do this it's huge and even though you can regard that as a setback like that was your sleep training and that was the information that you provided to me and anyone else that wants to do it Mm -hmm. that has been massive for me and has just changed the way I think about sleep yeah and you know it's I think it's really important as well to recognize it's completely normal for sleep to be disrupted when we're going through stressful periods you know like if we're waiting for the results of big exams or we've got a job interview coming up or we've got to hit a deadline at work you know it's completely normal and I think a big part of it in in the whole kind of process of recovering from insomnia is being able to recognize um, external causes of sleep disruption instead yeah. of immediately just worrying that insomnia has returned. Yeah. Um, and then, and, and, it, and it is related to having confidence and trust in, in your body's ability to sleep because when we have insomnia, that that's, we just have lost that confidence and yeah. lost that trust. You know, we somehow, we don't believe that our body is capable of sleeping anymore um, or of getting a good night of sleep when, Ultimately, if we just leave our bodies to to do what they need to do to sleep, it, they'll do it. Sleep only tends to become a problem when we worry about it and try and get involved in the process and try and control it. Um, and that really is a lot to do with like all these perpetuating factors of insomnia. You know, like so we have a bad night, so we'll we won't go out with our friends that night because we had a bad night of sleep. So we guarantee the insomnia has a bad outcome. And then that makes us worry even more. Um, And and we inadvertently perpetuate the problem. Um, And one of the reasons I love the CBTI techniques is because it's not just saying, Oh, don't worry about sleep because when you worry about sleep, it's going to make sleep difficult. I think everyone with insomnia knows that there's some worry and anxiety is the problem, but you can't just tell someone not to worry and not be anxious but cbti that kind of deflects the attention into more productive and more constructive things you can do that you can focus your attention on and by doing that like by setting the stage you you're kind of letting your body take over and giving it the best chance of sleep yeah yeah so that's great so you mentioned that one of the key things that you learned was about kind of identifying these automatic thoughts or sometimes perhaps irrational thoughts. Um, was there anything else in the, that you learned that you feel helped? Like, um, for example, maybe getting out of bed when you couldn't sleep instead of staying in bed or only going to bed, um, not going to bed for a certain time, always getting out of bed by a certain time, like things like that. Yeah, definitely the getting out of bed one. I that was something when I read it first, I was so skeptical about it because mm. I trained myself to be like, I must stay here because this is where I'm gonna fall asleep. But once I took the leap and went and actually did that, I found that it actually really, really changed. So I have basically got it into my head that when I was in bed in this pitch black room and I could never fall asleep, the time had just stopped and I was never going to get out of that situation the sun was never going to rise and I was just going to be stuck tossing and turning and getting frustrated but I found when I got out of bed and I went downstairs I said hello to my cats and I looked at the clock and I saw the time is ticking on it sort of grounded me in a way and I was like well that's those thoughts are irrational they're not true and because I had relaxed myself through that way through getting up and just removing myself from that situation nine times out of ten when I came back to bed like I was asleep in about 15-20 minutes because I didn't lie there and 
force myself to be there which just heightened the anxiety and made me more frustrated mm-hmm. I just removed myself from the situation come back down to reality and then gone back in with a better approach and a better mindset so that definitely was a huge one as well for me yeah yeah I mean it's just this is such a good conversation because everything you're saying is is what I hear all the time, you know, when I, when I explain the whole concept. So this concept, this is known as stimulus control. Um, and it involves getting out of bed when you can't sleep. And when you t- first tell people, what do you mean? I get out of bed when I can't sleep. I want to sleep. How is getting out of bed going to help me? It sounds completely illogical, but the whole idea is that we don't want to reinforce the idea that the bed is the place where we're just wide awake, tossing and turning, worried, anxious, and frustrated. So if you experience that, the idea is you get out of bed until you feel relaxed and sleepy again. Then you return to bed and just see, again, see what happens. Yeah. And so it's not necessarily designed to improve your sleep. Like on that exact night you try it, you know, on the first night, it probably won't do anything because just as it took time to learn this association that the bed is this place for wakefulness and worry. It takes time to retrain yourself to see it as a place for sleep. Um, So getting out of bed teaches your brain that, look, if we're awake and we're feeling anxious, we're not in bed because that's not a place for us to do that. Well, like the bed isn't a place for that to happen. Um, And another thing that you touched upon, which I think is really important too, is that it's not, pleasant being in bed wide awake worried tossing and turning and feeling anxious um so i think that just that alone getting out of bed and doing something else can actually make you feel better in and of itself so yeah i think that that's a really that's a really good insight so was there like a certain point when i mean you've mentioned that you found those techniques really helpful was there a certain point when things kind of just like clicked and everything started to make sense and you you started to think huh i'm i'm getting my sleep confidence back my sleep is improving i think that it was probably a couple of days after i'd finished the sleep training and i'd had that time to kind of absorb the information to implement a couple of the cbti techniques that I found that it wasn't my first thought when I woke up and I was able to go and do other things. And yes, for the first couple of days, it was like maybe 70% of my thoughts, but compared to like 100% of my thoughts, I was like, oh, I'm actually making progress. This is good. And then there was one time, I think I finished the sleep training course at the beginning of May. And I think at the beginning of June, I actually said to my parents, like, oh, I just want to go to bed. And there was just this moment, all of us were like, what do you want to go to bed because before it had been like oh I'm dreading going to bed and it was just that point where I was like I feel confident enough that I know that I can cope if I feel anxious I know I have the techniques at my fingertips and I understand how sleep works in your body that even if I do encounter problems I'm going to be able to overcome it and it isn't going to have as a detrimental effect as I had previously Mm -hmm. and I think that yeah, that was the moment I was like, oh, I'm actually making progress and things are actually beginning to look up because if you had, if you had said to me at the beginning of May that I would have said, oh, I want to go to bed at the beginning of June, I would have laughed and been like, no way has that happened because I just thought there was no cure. I just thought I was going to have to live like that for the rest of my life. And literally a month later, I was looking forward to going to bed, which is just absurd. That's, that's great. It's, it's so amazing to just hear people's transformations, you know, because it can just feel so despairing. You just feel like there's no cure out there for me. Like I'm just going to have to live with this forever and ever. But 
I think that no matter how long someone has had insomnia for, they can get better. Um, I think that the longer you've had insomnia definitely can make it more challenging to get sleep back on track because just all the beliefs and all the behaviors just have become so much more entrenched. Um, But there is hope out there for everyone. Um, And I think you coming on and just sharing your story is just going to help so many people. So again, I just really appreciate you coming on and just like sharing this. I think so many people are going to identify with everything that you're saying. Um, so you mentioned that kind of things started to click and you were no longer thinking about sleep. Um, you, you just, you kind of like got your life back really. Um, did you find that it was just this sudden transformation or did you kind of make um, a little bit of progress? Maybe there were a couple of setbacks along the way. Yeah, no, definitely. I think that I sort of, one of the main things I had was my mentality that I knew it wasn't going to be plain sailing, even though, yeah, there was like a click and everything sort of started to go forward. I still understood that it was never going to be perfect the entire way. There's no way that I had dealt with this for six, seven years, whatever it is. And that there was, it was just going to be fine. And there was going to be no setbacks. Like I said, at the beginning of this week, I had setbacks and I had to deal with that. And I think that like I went on holiday with my parents at the end of June. And for the first couple of days, I was like, oh, maybe like I'm back to square one because I was feeling unnerved. But I think that's good because my mum actually said to me that even though at the time I was like, oh, I'm back to square one, this is so bad. Like a setback for me in May would have been full bloom panic attacks, not eating, only thing I think about. Whereas a setback this week was, oh, I had a little bit of anxiety when I was in bed, but I got over in it. And within 15 minutes, I was asleep. So to look back and see the amount of progress I've made or that anyone has made just should give you this massive boost of confidence that even though yeah it's a setback it's a setback completely different from what it was before and technically it's kind of progress oh absolutely you know and uh, I mean it's so easy to think of these every bad night as a setback or like going back to square one but again it's so important to recognize is is there is there an external cause of like the sleep disruption you know so if like he's in your case if you're waiting for your exams to come out yeah. that's going to that's gonna lead to stress you know so it's normal for your sleep to be disrupted even someone that has never experienced insomnia in their lives probably going to have a little bit of sleep disruption when they're going through a period of stress like that um but it is it is so important to recognize that it's kind of like this journey back towards regaining trust and confidence in your ability to sleep and there, there are setbacks along the way so many yeah. people worry and they put pressure on their, themselves to make this perfectly linear progress where it's just better and better and better every day um but it doesn't work that way you know there are setbacks because we're all human and yeah. Sleep is something that we can't control. The body kind of takes care of it. Sometimes it will give us a big chunk of sleep. Sometimes it won't. Um, But the key is just to not get involved in that process and just try and focus all your attention on the good nights that you have instead of those bad nights. So overall now, like how is your sleep improved as a result i mean you mentioned that you're not really thinking about sleep anymore you've got a lot less sleep anxiety um like what is a typical night of sleep like for you now so normally i'm in bed at about 11 and typically i'm asleep about half 11 mm-hmm. um and i will sleep completely um not disrupted the entire night i will normally be sleeping from half 11 straight through to my alarm the next day whereas before like i was waking up at least two times during the night mm-hmm. and having to get up and walk around and 
when I woke up I was like oh no like is that me for the night whereas now I'm sleeping straight through and the next thing I hear I let my head hits the pillow the next thing I hear is my alarm like that's a typical night at the minute wow that's great and how are your days now have you have you noticed differences in like how you feel during the day or just like your outlook on on the rest of your life yeah definitely I'm a lot more positive and I play a lot of um hockey and I found before I was so fatigued like I could barely lift my stick to hit the ball whereas in training now like I'm rallying and I'm 100% the entire session which was just something I thought that I had lost because of my sleep and it's kind of nice because even though I know we've talked about exercise but like when I'm tired after a training session it's nice to be able to look forward to bed rather than be like oh no this is another like fight I'm gonna have to have before I eventually fall asleep to sort of come off the pinch and go oh yes I can go to bed now just to have that shift in mentality has been amazing it's been so so good Wow, that, that that is that's so good to hear like that how everything just changed you know is it's almost i like to say it's kind of like the opposite of that vicious cycle you know so instead yeah. of more worry leading to worse sleep and more worry it's kind of less worry about sleep leads to better sleep and then you're less worried about sleep so it just leads to better sleep so it's like yeah. this positive cycle and it just flips it right on its head and it's, it's so good to hear all right, so I've got I've got one last question for you because I don't want to take up too much of your time, and it's this. All right, if someone with chronic insomnia is listening and feels as though they've tried everything, they're beyond help, they can't do anything to improve their sleep, what would you tell them? I know it sounds cliche, but probably never give up. It sounds so cliche, but I think that I, in May, like I've mentioned, was so hopeless. I thought that that was it, but there are so many resources and so many tools. I literally recommend your sleep training to every single person I meet, regardless of whether I have sleep problems or not. I'm like, you have to try this. Mm-hmm. There are so many resources and there also are so many other people that are going through the same thing. I think that was something when I was in the thick of it, I was like, I'm literally the only person experiencing this. Whereas there are so many people, you're not alone. And as well, the mentality thing I talked about, don't also think that it's just going to be five minutes and you're sorted. It is going to take time. There is going to be a process there's is going to be setbacks but don't give up hope because it really really is worth it when you come out the other side that is, that is a great message and i have nothing to add and i 100 percent agree <laughs> with it <laughs> all right well rose thank you so much for coming on i think this is going to be a really great conversation for people to listen to um i think people are going to identify with your journey and hopefully it's going to inspire and motivate people um and help them realize that there is still hope for them and that they can get past their insomnia um and just en- enjoy a better life thank you so much for having me thank you Thanks for listening to the Insomnia Coach podcast. If you're ready to implement cognitive behavioral therapy for insomnia CBTI techniques to improve your sleep, but think you might need some additional support and guidance, I would love to help. There are two ways we can work together. First, you can get my online coaching course. This is the most popular option. My course combines sleep education with unlimited support and guidance and is guaranteed to improve your sleep. I will teach you and help you implement new CBTI techniques over a period of eight weeks. This gives you time to build sleep confidence and notice results without feeling overwhelmed. You can get the course and start right now at insomniacoach.com forward slash online. 
I also offer a phone coaching package where we start with a one hour call. This can be voice only or video, your choice. And we come up with an initial two week plan that will have you implementing CBTI techniques that will lead to long term improvements in your sleep. You get unlimited email based support and guidance for two weeks after the call, along with a half hour follow up call at the end of the two weeks. You can book the phone coaching package at insomniacoach.com forward slash phone. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Insomnia Coach podcast. I'm Martin Reed, and as always, I'd like to leave you with this important reminder. You can sleep.